All right, we're welcoming our guests today from Hand Hewn Farms. We have Andy yep. and Doug. Gentlemen, welcome. It's so nice to have you here today. Tell us about what what is Hand Hewn Farms. I'll be honest, it's the first time I've heard of it. Uh, we are uh, two families that live on a farm together. Mm -hmm. um, started out, we raised a whole bunch of different animals, chickens, pigs, rabbits, laying hens. Now, uh, our main focus is teaching people about butchering, butchering education, um, a lot of agro-tourism sorts of things, a lot of Agro events. Agro-tourism. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this is, does this, then people will sign up to come out? Is this, is this an open environment? I mean, how, how exactly does the process, if I want to learn more about uh, butchering, Mm -hmm. So how would I go about it? How would I how would I set up something with with you guys? Uh, simply, you would either email us or contact us somehow, or go to our website. Mm -hmm. um, we always have uh, an active list of workshops that are upcoming. So most of the things that we do are workshop based, so they're hands on activities. Uh, but it doesn't all happen here in Tuscarawas County. Okay, a lot of our workshops do happen at our farm, uh, but we also travel to other people's farms. So. Uh, our upcoming events are always listed on our webpage, so mm -hmm. you would go to our space and see what what appeals to you, what what events coming up um, you might want to take part in. And should you find us on our website or social media, um, it is singular. We are not incorporated, so it's Hantune Farm, um, and some people do put an S on oh, okay. end, but we All are right. not an incorporated entity. We're just a small LLC. So handtunefarm.com is our website, but we're also on Facebook and Instagram doing the thing. <laughs> well, let's let's back up here. What what made you guys locate here? What was it about Tuscarawas County that you found, you know, uh, interesting, compelling, the need to be here? Um, we were in Knox County mm -hmm. uh, prior on two separate smaller farms, and we wanted to get land together to farm with our families in a sort of shared space. And when we were doing that, uh, we didn't have any money to buy land, really. But we looked and we tried, and nothing came up that uh, really worked for us. And my grandparents, on my mom's side, um, owned 300 and some acres in Tuscarawas County. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, it was just being rented out to some local farmers for field crops. And we went to my family and asked if we could move out here and start farming parts of the farm that weren't being utilized. Um, that was the main thing. The second reason, and maybe a more important reason, is it's gorgeous here. Yeah. It's a beautiful country. Are you both from here originally? We talked to you for just a few seconds there before we got rolling today, but are you both? Tell, tell me a little about, about, Doug, let's start with you, where you guys came from. Uh, my background is central Ohio, but okay. suburbia, central Ohio, just outside of Columbus. So I grew up in the Burbs until I went to college in Mount Vernon. Oh, okay. Course, All right. In Knox County. And we happened to go to college uh, at the same time. Um, Andy and his future wife and me and my future wife <laughs> were both at that college um, at the same time. But then our, par our paths kind of just went off in different directions and... Um, my wife and I spent a number of years living uh, out of the country, and when we came back um, to stateside, um, we ended up coming back during the 2008 uh -huh. housing crisis. So oh, we didn't really yes. expect to stick around, but then okay. we ended up on um, a small homestead with an old farmhouse and four acres and 
$39,000 is what it set me back. Um, <laughs> and we knew that was never going to happen again. Right. Um, that we'd be able to buy a, a house on four acres for under $40,000. So anyway, we moved in and, uh, and started uh, the heavy lift of homesteading. Right. Um, and so Ohio was always familiar uh, to me, but, but Tuscarawas County um, was not. And then the first time Andy proposed the idea of us moving to his grandparents' farm, uh, I was pretty apprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt too familial um, and too close until we drove onto the property for the first time. And I was like, yeah, we're not looking anywhere else. Is, <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. This is heaven. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Andy, how about you? I actually grew up in Baltic. I okay. was born in Union Hospital. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm native. Yeah. Um, moved away for a while, um, high school time, and then went back to Mount Vernon for, uh, for college. And yeah, and now I'm back. So now, we moved back and we moved to the farm where we are right now in 2015. Okay. Now, did either of you have farming experience prior? I mean, Doug, you said you grew up in the suburbs. So did you have farming experience prior or? Nothing you would call farming. No, I okay. started gardening when I was living in Central America. Okay. Um, and composting. And we were working with an organization that had a couple of animals, but it was not, a, not my charge to take care of them. Um, but access... And proximity too, and so it piqued my interest. And um, but no, having grown up in the suburbs, I didn't know how uh, to clean a rabbit, <laughs> let alone butcher an animal. Yeah. So not the. I mean, were you an outdoorsy type? I mean, mm-hmm. hunting, fishing, yeah, that kind sure. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Andy, same question. I mean, were I you? mean, while I would go out to my grandparents' farm where we live now, when they were still farming, mm-hmm. and I would help, um, you know, feed calves or put up hay. Sure. Um, but that was when I was very young. So yeah. other than that, no real farming experience. See, that's, that's, that's incredible because that's one of those things that I, I guess there is a, uh, a kind of an image that people have of farm life. It's just something that you're kind of born into. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that you two guys just kind of decided we're going to go into this. I mean, yeah. that's, and, and you're doing it. Yeah, that's incredible. And we did cut our teeth on a very small scale at our other farms. So we, you know, we got chickens and pigs and rabbits and ducks and, you know, we did beekeeping. So we tried a whole bunch of different things at our other place. And then we we took what we thought we wanted to do to this farm. Okay. so we had a little bit of a. A primer, I guess. That's pretty amazing. Now, what? Just out of curiosity, when you were in college, what uh, what did you major in? What was the? Uh... I was an art education major. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, oh and actually, gosh. until just recently, I was an elementary art teacher at Garraway. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I I was in the education biz myself. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. How many years did you do that? I taught for nineteen years. Wow. So you're yeah. right there. You're right there, Mike. Because I was I did for twenty two. Yeah, and I, I so, mean. Parts of me still miss it, but we're still teaching. Not so. this time of year, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End yeah, of the school year. Oh yeah, no, I'll pass. Everyone, everyone gets stir crazy, but so. But yeah, so we still teach, so I still get to exercise those muscles, you know, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. Doug, uh, youth ministry and Christian oh, okay. education. I wanted to be a youth pastor until in my junior senior year, I realized I didn't really like kids. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I felt it'd be prudent to just kind of back back Stay off away. back off a little bit. Oh my gosh. Well it's good it's good you found that out yep. before. Yep. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. So what has been like on this journey uh for Hanhune, what has been the most 
we'll start with this one. What's been the most challenging parts uh, of that farming life? What 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 is the toughest part? Uh, my opinion, when we moved out to the farm, uh, we didn't actually have a place to live. So I lived with my family in a small camper, and Doug lived with his family in a what used to be an old chicken coop, basically. Okay. And then we did uh, purchase a house. I bought a house that was on the original property that my grandparents had, and we lived in that house, all of us, for three, three years. Three years. Wow. That was probably the most difficult part. Wow. Three yeah. years. Just dealing families. with other yeah. people, even good, good friends. Sure. That closely is, is really difficult. Yeah, it turned out it was exactly three years too many. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> did, that ever, did that ever have an impact on your thoughts on the business where it's like, oh, I don't know if we can do this or not? Well, that was the irony there is that was one set of complications, certainly. Um, but then also we were trying to grow a business. Um, right. And I had left my job and income behind to move to the farm. Um, and Andy was still a full-time teacher mm -hmm. and only available truly on the summers uh, and, and the occasional weekend. And so growing a business and a business model while beset with uh, living arrangements that were less than <laughs> ideal. Yeah. It was tough. Uh, was a tough. It was a tough season, but that's what we knew it would be then. Even in the middle of it, we knew yeah. that it was just a season. Um, and it was lo a longer season than I think we would have chosen, mm -hmm. but it was all in the interest of something better and greater. So. And after that, everything else feels piddly. Like other problems are like, eh, that's, <laughs> that's right. It's not a big deal. That's right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it puts some things in perspective for us that I think uh, would be hard to appreciate had we not gone through that. Now, just out of curiosity, with uh, in this whole situation, um, you both have spouses, kids? Mm -hmm. Okay. We wow. each have wives and each have three children. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Man, that's like... But we only had two kids each when we moved to the farm. Yeah. yeah. So each of our youngest uh, were born while we've been at the farm. Mm -hmm. Man, it's, it's, like, it's almost like, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but it almost sounds like a, like a reality show. You know? Yeah, probably <laughs> could have been. We yeah. would have made yeah. a lot of money should we have gone that, that route. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. There was a lot... that wasn't filmed. There was a lot of uh, hilarity... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in our in our decision, I mean, the, just the idea that we picked up and moved from our homes to a property that we didn't own, and where there were no places for our families to live. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's really silly. Like what, it's were the you, what were craziest. you thinking? <laughs> yeah. yeah, when when I really try to investigate like what we were thinking, it's hard to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, but um, obviously, it's working. And yeah. and you're enjoying. Otherwise, yep. you wouldn't be here. That's right. right. Um, so how did how did you fellas learn the skills that you are now teaching? I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's just a lot of trial and error, mm -hmm. and then um, curiosity and refinement. Okay. From those points, um, yeah, we butchered like mostly what we do. I don't know that we've even addressed it in here yet. Mostly what we do is we teach people how to butcher and cure pigs. And when I say cure, I mean making what is what a lot of people know as charcuterie. So oh, okay. a lot of cured meat, salamis, prosciutto, things like that. Um, and all of that came from when Doug raised his first pigs at his other farm. Mm -hmm. um, we decided to butcher them there, even though we had never done it before. Um, so part of it is hubris and part of it is just trying something new. 
And then from that point, we just had a great time doing it. And we always tell people we wouldn't be doing it still if we hadn't been doing it together. So like the fact that our families were there and friends were there and people were there doing it with us um, was really important. It never felt like work. It was no, always, it was always, it was always a that's, party. That's fantastic. See, yeah. and that's, I think that is something that really needs to have a bigger impact and, and make that kind of an overall goal in the world today is to not, you know, not just strive for the dollar signs and not, mm -hmm. you know, work yourself, you know, over something that you're not really into, but do something that you're passionate about. Yeah. And, and you, there are an infinite number of ways that you can make a buck. Sure. You know, and most people, I think, uh, maybe would have made different choices. They wake up in their mid thirties, forties or fifties, and they've got the money they need in their account, but they're working for the weekend or dying right. for the vacation time or whatever it might be. Um, I think we decided pretty early on we'd rather live without um, for as long as it takes uh, in the interest of living a life that we don't need to vacation from. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's that's very commendable, and that's great. It's 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 great that you have done it, you love it, and you still enjoy it. And, you know, the fact that – and how long have you guys been partners in this? The farm started, eight, yeah, eight yeah. years ago this April. Uh, I actually moved, yeah, I moved into a tent in the barn because there was no place for me to live when we got there, and it happened to be April 1st. Um, no fooling. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So just, just eight years ago, and when we started, as Andy mentioned, we had lots of um, spinning plates, um, pastured animals, um, rabbits, and turkeys, and meat chickens, and hens, and, and pigs in the woods, and um, and trying to you know, garden and can and all of the things that, you know, when you've got nothing but ambition, mm -hmm. uh, you throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And <laughs> um, moving products um, was almost more work than it was worth. And uh -huh. so we, we had to make a decision uh, how much we're willing to invest in uh, farming as an enterprise um, and how much we want to spend our energy moving in this direction of education and experience. And so, um, as it turns out, that was why we started doing this in the first place. And it, we just had to take a few left turns before mm -hmm. we got back to where we started, which is we love the practice of gathering many hands together um, for this very heavy task of killing an animal. Uh, and then turning all of it into food. And the idea of being able to empower and equip someone else that's curious, that wants to know and learn how to do it, and that may have uh, an affection for charcuterie. Right. Um, and have the entire process uh, available for them. Um, turned out to be far more lucrative um, and more life-giving and rewarding for Andy and I because it's where we started and it's our sweet spot. And if we want to farm and raise animals uh, and garden, it's for fun. It's for leisure, it's for the fruits of our labor, but it's not to make a living. Um, right. We make our living now with the workshops. And this is this is genuinely helping other people learn to help themselves. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that is, that is fantastic. I mean, really commendable. Now my, uh, my wife works for Ohio State University Extension, okay. and she's in Holmes County. 
Um, and it's very much, you know, you were just talking about the, um, you know, canning and that kind of stuff. She teaches those types of skills oh, okay. too. And she, I'm sure she would agree with you straight up that, you know, being able to show somebody that, yeah, you can go to the store and do this, but you can also take care of things yourself mm -hmm. is very rewarding. Absolutely. I mean, and, 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 and like you said, Andy, with, with, with the, uh, educational background, you know, you're still getting to do that. Yeah. You now, see, I mean, I had it when I was teaching cause I was an elementary art teacher, uh -huh. you know, you you show kids or demonstrate something or reveal something to a student and you see their the gears start turning and their their eyes sort of light up you know when when they start to put things together that they can actually accomplish something it's the same idea when we're teaching people um, you know right now it's like on a, a weekly basis but and for us it it's nice because it doesn't get old because we're we're introducing the same information but when you see new people receive that information the way they do um, yeah, it's just really amazing to have that sort of impact directly with people. When your client, when your clientele comes out to see you or you go to them, who do you find that you are working with mostly? Is there a target audience that you would like to have? Uh, I mean, are you going with, are these individual people? Are they families, you know, multiple families at once? What, what kind of clientele are you looking at here? That took us a long time to figure out. I yeah, on yeah. It. I mean, it took us years to figure out who our target audience is because okay. when we started, we thought our target audience was obvious. It's people that raise pigs. It's homesteaders and small-scale farmers um, that either don't trust their butcher uh, to give them back 100% of their product or their product instead of someone else's. Um, or they remember Grandpa doing it. Yeah, or they have this nostalgic... Um, kind of romantic ro memory uh, or notion that doing it yourself is um, more rewarding. And, sure. And we thought, well, we can we could fill that gap. We can mm -hmm. teach them. Um, but then it turned out we were at a number of workshops where no one around the table raised pigs and was never going to. And then, <laughs> and then we learned that we were very... Um, narrow-minded and myopic in our, in our scope. What we needed to do was address the, the need uh, to connect agriculture and food culture. And, and connecting those two dots broadens the demographic exponentially. Uh, everyone eats. Everyone yes. eats. Um, and most people acknowledge, even if they're vegan or vegetarian, they acknowledge that most of the food that they eat comes from a farm of some kind. Exactly. And so the idea that the entire populace uh, is welcome to come to a farm and watch or participate in this process of going from uh, the far live farm animal all the way through a finished refined charcuterie product and they're a part of it, um, that's not specifically uh, for homesteaders or farmers. It also includes chefs and foodies, agritourists, <laughs> people that just want to have the, you know, you take your family out on a hayride every October because um, you want to take them to a farm and so you find a pumpkin patch or you know that connection that people crave um, this is like that only many steps um, advanced sure. where you're actually rolling up your sleeves and participating in the process um, and so our target audience now is uh, it's pretty broad Anybody um, that eats yeah yeah pretty <laughs> much anybody That's yeah what we like to think. unless unless you have an aversion to pork um, uh, or, or meat in general, mm. um, our workshops would are right up your alley because we eat really well and we teach people how to eat really well from basic raw ingredients. Um, and they feel empowered because of it. And 
Um, when, we, when people review us afterwards, they get on Google and write up a review. Um, very, very, very few percentage of those reviews are about practical application and skills that they attained. There's a part of that, but it's much more rich and fulfilling of an experience than anybody expects when they sign up for it. Yeah. They are, they're connecting dots that should never have been disconnected. Yeah. Um, it's really an appreciation mm -hmm. of what goes into the preparation of what you eat. Yeah. I mean, and the, almost like the pre-preparation of mm -hmm. what you eat. Yeah, the cool okay. thing, I think, is the, the spectrum that we offer. So when people show up to our farm, there's, we're out in the field with live pigs. Um, so that's really uncomfortable for some people that are mainly used to being in the kitchen with their food. Right. Um, but very, it's very comfortable, comfortable for the farmers that are in the groups. Right. Um, and then we go through that whole process of getting that to a, a workable carcass for, to produce pork from. And then there are other people that are very comfortable cutting up meat, mm -hmm. um, like hunters and things like that. Sure. And then... You know, some farmers are okay with that, and then some people that work in their kitchen are okay with that. It's kind of the middle ground. And then further into the workshop, we're doing a lot more food prep, mm -hmm. which sometimes the farmers are not prepared for. Uh, but the people that are in the kitchen, a lot of times, they're ready for that part of it. So right. the fact that we can stretch people, anyone that comes, they, there's a part of the workshop that sort of stretches um, what they're comfortable with. How long is... What a visitation be? If somebody set up an appointment to come see you guys, what is it? A one day Usually process? Usually three to four days. Yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. all right. So it's immersive. That, okay. There we go. And that was my next question. Mm -hmm. So this is a completely, this is field to table. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. More so than you yeah. can get pretty much anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. That is, that, that's, that is amazing. Yeah. So do you have a season that, I mean, is spring and summer a little bit more busy? Or Opposite. Fall and winter. Fall and winter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? I guess that makes sense because mm -hmm. we're then looking at the time when mm -hmm. traditional hog butchering. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cold weather. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, foolish question here, but I mean, I mean, uh, you're 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 doing the butchering. Uh, you have your own. I don't even know what you'd call it. Uh, you know, butcher I, shop. Butcher shop. Yeah. I was gonna say mm -hmm. abattoir. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's an even better okay, word. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, that's there, and um, that's got to be an eye opener for some folks. I mean, to I mean, you were mentioning yeah. earlier about hunters being accustomed because I I remember going rabbit hunting with my father, mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, I was probably about eight or nine years old, and he caught a few. Now we didn't consume rabbit at my home, but my grandmother did. Yeah, and I I remember watching Dad clean this and thinking, wow, this is really. Mm -hmm. I I thought oh, I'm going to be repulsed by this, but at the same time, I was like, this is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, to think yeah. that you've got to go through all this to get your final product. So yeah. how how do people respond to that? Well, we, have... we address that the very first morning. Okay. <laughs> like, not with our words, but with our actions. Yeah. There's no, there's no part of the process from the shot placement to the knife to the, the scalding and the scraping to the eviscerating. There's no part of it that we don't take very seriously and meticulously oh. so that the folks that are really apprehensive on the first morning um, that think there's no way I'm going to be comfortable with this process of uh -huh. this be being something I will trust to eat. Um, those those thoughts are null and void in, yeah. in the first couple hours of the really? first morning. Yeah, that's it's not all, grotesque like a lot. No, of all the, all they need to know is that we care enough to be thorough, um, yeah. 
and conscientious and thoughtful about the process. And there's no place for hair in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing, like any deer hunter or their spouse can attest to, it's gross. It's yeah. gross pulling out the packet of ground venison and it has hair in it. Um, <laughs> and, and that's off-putting, obviously. Yeah, um, definitely. And there are steps that you can take and, and most of it is just diligence. Um, but we we assuage that concern really early on. And then the whole rest of the process, the people that swear there's no way I'm going to eat blood pudding. Um, okay. Or blood sausage. Or the people that are like, there's no way I'm going to eat kidneys or spleen or right, heart or whatever it is. Yeah. You'd be um, surprised. The, every, every single, every single <laughs> we get person. Them there. Yeah, yeah, we get them See, there. And, that's, and that was my next question is like, how far do you take this? Because I know, you know, having um, my wife's, uh, grandparents who almost made it to 75 years of marriage. Wow. You know, they were depression era wow. yeah, yeah. and you wasted nothing. That's right. And you know, you'd hear these stories about, you know, you use, I, I think my father used to say everything, everything, mm -hmm. including the oink, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. when it yeah. came down to it. So you guys take this to you. There's nothing wasted. Right. Yeah. The contents of the intestines we uh -huh. discard. I, I would ima I would imagine so. But yes. they go to the compost. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much everything else yeah. um, is either consumed um, or instructed, so that we because we have to stretch out a very long weekend to use one hundred percent of the animal. Right. Instead, we can manage about ninety five percent of the animal. Yeah, we don't clean all the cases. Yeah. <laughs> but we do show yeah. them how to do it. Yeah, um, and we yeah. do save the blood and. Yeah, we use the bladder and we use the stomach and we use the blood and we use. All the, head, the all the tail, of the organs, the, skin, the feet, the, uh, the trotters, the ears, like there's trotters. nothing. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's nothing. Trotters, chitlins, you got. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that we don't <laughs> consume, and because we do this all the time, it has to be delicious. I'm not going to eat it to prove <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, we eat it a lot. So, so we, we we've gone through many, many, many iterations and recipes to make sure that all the food is delicious. I, I tell you what, this is this, I am. I am impressed and I haven't even seen it, you know, and this, well, this good. is really amazing. I mean, this is, this is really and truly fascinating. And, you know, one of the, one of the main, uh, uh, things here that we wanted to focus on, on this, on this podcast was things that are happening here mm -hmm. that people didn't know about. So yeah. tell us if, if we want to, uh, book an appointment, if we want to learn more, give me a plug for hand hewn farm. Tell me how to get a hold of you, what we need to do. Yeah, the easiest one is Hand Hewn Farm. It's H A N D H E W N right. F A R M dot okay. com. And that has um, all of our upcoming workshops and events that are going on. It also has links to social media. Facebook and Instagram are the main ones we use. Mm -hmm. um, then it even has our phone number. Um, that's the easiest way to get a hold of us, really. Okay. Um, booking, how often? I mean, how often do you fellas do your classes? Well, we usually start in October, okay. first of October usually, and then we're, we usually do them on the weekends. So pretty much we're booked from October till now, mm -hmm. um, just about every weekend except for holidays and weekends we want to take off. Um, but we're booking out workshops for this time next year. So the fall is I booked. Um, and again, it's not all at our farm. Some of it is other locations. And we do conferences and things like that. There's a, there's a conference in over by Steubenville that we're doing in uh, Memorial Day weekend. So we do some workshops in Ohio. We do some in Athens County and different places. But um, yeah, it's 
to get us booked for anything now, you have to be looking a year in advance, or you can sign up for a workshop that's already that's right. on our schedule. That's right. Which which is which is an easier thing to do is get a ticket yeah. uh, to oh, a yeah. workshop than than a book a weekend because the weekends are few and far between right yeah. now. Which is good for us. I mean, we're absolutely in demand, which absolutely. is nice. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, this has been a, re a genuinely real eye opener for me. I, I was, uh, you know. We got we got the message that, that you fellows were coming in last night, and I thought, oh, okay, well, this would be an interesting little talk. This this is beyond anything I expected. Yeah, I am okay. I am interested. You have piqued my curiosity. I am impressed. You know, anybody who can do anything that I can't, <laughs> which is pretty much everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely you know into it. There, that's that's fantastic. Andy, Doug, thank you so much for joining us here today on about thirty minutes. Once again, folks, it is Hand Hewn Farm. Yep. Singular. Thank you. you. And uh, we hope that you uh, jump online, check them out. And we also hope that you can join us next time right here at about 30 minutes. Thank you so much. Thank you.